talk about wealth of knowledge. You, you bring it all together. Put the work in now to get yourself structured and organized and documented. We need to grow this top, top line. There is no one size fits all for this industry. Checking out a fresh episode of the Restoration Masterclass. I always want to say Restoration Today podcast, but we are doing a Masterclass episode today on strategic growth. I am joined by Andy Zivodny, who is the CEO of Custom US. And Custom has grown very intentionally and very strategically over time. So I wanted to bring Andy in to talk about what it looks like to strategically grow and how that relates back into this whole profitability topic that this entire masterclass is talking about. So Andy, thank you very much for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. So share a little bit about yourself in the background of Custom. Great, Michelle. Thanks for uh, letting me join today. I really enjoy these uh podcasts and, you know, helping to help guide the industry here a little bit. So I began my career at Custom after college as a building trades apprentice and worked in the field and worked my way through the organization, eventually bought the company in 2000. Company's kind of grown from a Akron, Ohio industrial contracting company, uh, about 900,000 in revenue to today, uh, we're forecast to do about 200 million in revenue for 23. And of course, we're in this national property restoration business. Yes. Uh, the company's proudly the only non-PE consolidator in the restoration industry today. And obviously that can change. So, and the other important thing to note is Custom is no longer a family business, but we are an organization owned by about 25 employee shareholders now. So we've really brought uh, the key you know, employees into the cap table. We think it's pretty important. Okay. So let's talk about the M&A space in general. This has been a huge topic in the industry over the last two to three years, and that's it's not slowing down. There's new mergers and acquisitions continuing to happen. So what kind of shift have you seen in the industry over the last few years as it relates to M&A and consolidation? And kind of what do you see in the near future? Well, I, you know, Private equity and M&A has been prevalent in the restoration space. And I would say COVID, you may disagree, COVID kind of hit, was a, was a strong catalyst to really drive institutional investors into our space. So yep. I think that's the, uh, I think that's the biggest shift that I've seen in the past few years. So talk about customs specific strategy. That's really what we're here to talk about is how strategic and intentional you are about the growth that you have gone through. So talk about what it looks like to be intentional as somebody who's looking to acquire restoration companies. I know you're not just going out and buying anybody that might be for sale. It's And it's about more than just the numbers that are in the book. So share a little bit about that. So I would tell you the M&A process for custom is slow, very deliberate, and truly focused on the people. And if I break it down for you, you know, the majority of our transactions have followed a two plus year courtship. I know, you know, Aaron and the five star team pretty well. That was a 29 month courtship. And it seems like a very long time when you sit and you talk about it in this context. But I would tell you that the time goes very quick and the benefits far outweigh that small investment in time because it's really the people that are the beneficiaries 
of running a great process or, you know, the victims of a failed process. And, you know, just giving you some quick stats, I've done well over 150 meetings in North America and Europe. We've completed 10 transactions. And I would tell you, we have deliberately um, torn up, I think four LOIs that were well underway in due, due diligence because, you know, whether it be a, you know, member of the management team or somebody in our hierarchy, including the board that, you know, was able to determine that there wasn't a cultural alignment with a prospective seller. So, you know, we are, we are really focused on cultural alignment. Okay. So how has this purposeful and strategic growth tied right into the overall profitability of custom and your ability to have solid margins and grow overall in the profitability space? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, our thesis, right, is paramount to profitability. And the biggest difference between what we're doing and, for example, the private equity investors, right, it's time. We have the luxury of taking time to take two years or 29 months in the case of Aaron and his great team to get acquainted. Um, private equity guys, they're under the clock and it's a different business model. They get a buy, build, sell and return. Um, they get a return dollars to limited partners. So it's, you know, one is not a better strategy than another. They're two different strategies for that serve two different masters, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. How have you found that culture fits into this? You've talked about culture a little bit and making sure that companies align, but how does that loop into profitability? Uh, it's absolutely without culture, right? A business cannot be profitable and it won't be scalable. It's absolutely for us, it's a gating issue. You know, I've, I've led 150 meetings We've done 10 transactions. Could we have done more? Absolutely. But it's making sure that there's cultural alignment before we even look at financials. And I've had numerous meetings with potential sellers and they're like, do you want to know about or do you want to see our financials? I was like, no, you know, Michelle, I just want to meet you. I want to learn about you and who you are and what's important to you. I want to know about your family, your kids. And I want to know what drives you and what's important to you. Because if we can't get past that, then there's not a business relationship. There can be a friendship, of course. What are some of those like early red flags that you saw in some of those 150 conversations where it's like, no, that's probably just not going to align? People that are that are hyper focused on exiting the business, right? Huh. If if people want to sell and exit, it's just not a fit for us. Okay. It is absolutely not a fit. We um, you know, we want to partner with entrepreneurs that truly want to grow and yeah. people that want to that that see value in what we're doing and in the culture and the longevity, right? Okay. Kind yeah. of, you know, it's twofold for me, near term. This, the strategy, the thesis has to serve the people. And for me, right, every decision that I make, I want to make sure the company is around in 2068 to celebrate its centennial. And if yeah. we do that, then we've succeeded and it can be done. What are some things that happen within custom now that you have, you've done a number of transactions, have a number of locations and companies that have come under the custom umbrella. What are some ways that you're making sure that those locations are cohesive? I know maybe it's not the same exact culture from place to place because there's different leadership teams, but it's the same 
custom feel, right? So how are you streamlining? That's a great, that's a great question. And I would tell you that the, the, the biggest thing that we do in investment in time is our semi-annual leadership summits. We get people together in May and in November of each year, we do an offsite. Uh, this May, we're going to be taking our team to Carmel Valley Ranch in uh, California. And we're going to dig in for a week and we're going to spend time together. We're going to do social stuff. We're going to do business stuff. We're going to share practices. And it's, you know, it's our operating team all the way through our board. And, you know, in the interest of radical transparency, I didn't want information to filter through me to the board or from op or from the board to operations through me. So we've got one version of the truth. And I would tell you the other really interesting uh, aspect of our leadership summits is we invite potential sellers uh, to come and to meet our board and to meet former sellers. So again, in the interest of radical transparency and building a business that's sustainable and scalable long-term, we want them to come and meet other sellers and we want them to hear from them, not for me, what the experience of partnering with custom has been like. Perfect. I love that term of radical transparency. I like that. That's a that's a great term. Okay. Anything else you want to add on this strategic well, growth, profitability, any yeah, of that? Absolutely. I'd like to offer some advice to yeah. business owners that have likely one opportunity to sell their business, their life's work, right? Mm -hmm. And prior to entering into a contract with a broker, potential buyer, to sit down with your spouse, your significant other, and uh Write down your objectives. What do you want to achieve in connection with this transaction? For example, I want to sell and retire, in which case a private equity solution would serve them very well. It may not serve their employees long term, but it, you know, it's their business. They have the right to do with it whatever they want. Or I want to sell, partner, and grow, in which case a partnership with custom could be a good opportunity. Answering the specific questions prior to heading down the path will ensure the highest level of success for the sellers and their employees. That is solid, solid advice. Perfect. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? Thank you, Andy, for your time. No, this, yeah, no, thank you for inviting me to, you know, be a part of this today. I really, uh, really appreciate everything that you've done for the industry, Michelle. And, uh, You've been a loud voice and very objective. Thank you. I appreciate that, Andy, a lot. I look forward to seeing you at probably some industry events in the next few months. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye.